grow relationships. I think that's the biggest thing. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. A home is not an asset, it's a liability. Assets pay you, liabilities take money away from you. Invest in yourself first, invest in your family first. Welcome to the Consistent and Predictable Income Community Podcast. The CPI methodology is the only system that teaches the proprietary process of CPI, which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Host of the Whole Person Podcast, Evan Herman, is a family man with passion in personal growth and self-development. In this episode, Evan shared how he overcomes his personal challenges and how you can grow your business through investing in real estate. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the CPI Podcast, which is the real estate show designed to help top producing agents leverage and scale your business, allowing you to earn more money in less time for seasoned agents to help you get to the next level of stable income and for new agents to help you find the right way to freedom and money so that each of you can reach your potential as a person and as a real estate agent, which means you'll have certainty in your future. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Today, I am joined with Evan Herman, and we're going to talk about growing your real estate business through investing. So a little bit about Evan. He's a family man. He's passionate about personal development and about uh, about growing. And he has a podcast, which is the Whole Person Podcast. And that is about an entrepreneur's journey of becoming a whole person living a life of significance in the areas that matter most. Evan, welcome. Thank you. And those areas are faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. Six Fs. Six Fs. I love it, man. I wanted to call it the FU podcast, but I don't think it would have reached my demographic audience. You know, perhaps even as a title is probably a bad strategy. We can't I know. I agree. I agree completely. <laughs> I like it though. I like it. Right. Well, what's funny is my pastor actually gave me the idea. He's like, dude, that's like an FU podcast. I think you should do that. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think that's going to target who I want. I'm sorry. I say Pastor Jim approves. Right. That's Seven. So thank you for joining me today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's talk about real estate business through investing. So tell us about yourself. Yeah. So my name's Evan. I've been in real estate. I'm now in my eighth year. I just passed my broker's test a week ago. And so I'm going to be stepping into new territory for me. I'm in the process of helping a smaller brokerage in Oklahoma expand. I mean, I'm really excited about that. And in terms of what I've done in real estate, I've grown through a lot of failure, a lot of hardship, a lot of heartache, and what that looks like to many different people. I also have similar stories, but then they end up getting out through the process of hardship and failure, and they don't use it as a building block. And so that's kind of the gist of my story. So what failure? <laughs> Where do we want to start? What was your first failure? What do you remember? Okay. So my first failure, again, these are building blocks. I like to say that my first failure is my first year of real estate. You know, I did five real estate transactions my first year. To me, that then I was like, wow, that's successful. Well, the average real estate agent does three to five transactions a year. And I was like, yahoo, but I wanted to be full time. And so I'm competitive. So 
failure to me looks like not making as much money as my wife does. <laughs> and so to me, if I can beat her, then I'm good. And she doesn't do real estate. She, you know, works at in banking. And so I have to beat her basically. So your first year in real estate, five buyers and sellers, correct? Total of five transactions. So I couldn't tell you. It was probably just five buyers. Five buyers. And what did you learn from that? Well, over year one, I had like zero confidence to list. And it took me about three years. And I'd say this was probably one of my biggest failures is the lack of confidence that I had in myself. And it took me a while to feel confident enough to list to where people would actually choose me. It had to have been really evident that I was not confident in myself because no one would ever list with me. I could get buyers, but that's because I came from a very educational, very structured background about how the process, and it worked. And it wasn't until I started implementing those same strategies in my listing presentation did I start getting listings. Meaning the educational strategies with the buyers? Exactly. Because a lot of people who sell a house normally... You know, on average, people move five to seven years, but I'm noticing a lot of my people that are selling houses, it's the first time they've ever sold a house or it's been 20 or 30 years since they've sold a house and things have changed. And so what I realized is just because they bought a house before doesn't mean they've experienced selling a house. And so I had to approach it from the same education standpoint of, okay, so most agents will put your house on the MLS put a sign in your yard and pray to God that someone else will sell it. But I do the fourth P I prospect, which means that I'm consistently looking for buyers for your home to buy. See what I do is I actually make phone calls almost every single day looking for buyers for my listings. And a lot of real estate agents don't do that. And here's how I do that. I have a lead generating system. And so I go through the process of what I do to get buyers for my listings. I go through the process of, I mean, one of the things right now is I market my listings in New York, California, Seattle, a lot of big states that economically aren't doing well. And I'm getting buyers from these states for my listings. And when I tell people this, they're like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. It is, and it's working for me. So I live in Oklahoma, if that's relevant to anyone. What part of Oklahoma? Tulsa. And so we have some of the best priced real estate in the country. And we are seeing a lot of people move here. And then also locally, not everyone will get this. You have to sign up and you have to get awarded this. But we have some really rich, rich individuals from this area that created a fund that if you move to Tulsa, you could get $10,000 to move to Tulsa. And so it's a way to incentivize people to come, but it's slim pickings. It's not, I mean, it's not like anyone can get it. I mean, they're giving it to actors, actresses, I mean, prominent people to help make the area boost, I guess. I love that. I love that. I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution. The 10-Step Guide to CPI, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business. 
and I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. And it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the postage. So it sounds to me like the difference between your first year of mostly buyers to getting the confidence to working with listings and sellers was really just developing and following a process. Understand that correctly? Well, that that's part of it. But the other part was, again, it was confidence. My confidence was so broken through my life, through so many different things, through being bullied, through growing up in special ed and, and many personal struggles that I had to overcome. You know, I have a lot of loss in my life. 2020, this is really crazy. So since 2008, I've had one close person in my life die every single year. And 2020, I believe was, I mean, I still had a close person in my life die last year, but it wasn't anyway. There's a lot of hurt, a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, a lot of fear, a lot of pain that I had to overcome between that, between mental pain that bullying caused. And so my lack of confidence came from just all the hurt in life. And sometimes in life, we allow hurt, we allow pain, and we allow suffering to keep us from stepping into the next stage or the next level in our careers. And so for me, I had to become mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, which is why I started the Whole Person podcast, because your business will grow to the extent that you do. And so for me, I realized I needed to learn and grow as a person. And as I started becoming more confident and receiving more healing in areas of my life, I started being able to live a little bit more with confidence. And because of that, then I felt more confident to take listings. And what's funny is when I first started in the business with buyers, before I even went to sellers, fell over a $200,000 house, you know? And so I was, my first year I sold, I think like five and then the next year, maybe 10 or 15. And, you know, I was struggling so much hitting 15 to 17 sales a year for three or four years because I was only selling under 200,000, but it wasn't until, well, it's the exact same process. It's just more money. Yeah. It's the way I look. It's the way I present myself. And so I started learning about how to look better. I'm Seriously, I can't think of his last name. Antonio from Real Men Real Style on YouTube. I started following him. I started dressing better. I started becoming more fashionable and learning how to carry myself. So I had to dig deep personally to have the confidence to live confidently in front of other people, which gave them the confidence to list and to use me or to buy and use me. And so for me, it was a confidence building process. So, okay. So confidence and following systems. Correct. And let's transition this a little bit, Evan, if we could. I want to know more about growing your real estate business through investing. Perfect. Tell us more about that. So I don't want to pretend like I have all the answers of real estate investing. I believe you start with what you have. 
And, you know, you're with Keller Williams. I was with Keller for six years. And Gary Keller has this idea of red light, green light. Green, go when you have the money. Red, stop when you don't have the money. And you grow with what you have versus extending yourself and hurting yourself. We've reached a place in our life this year, financially, after 10 years of being married, where we have a lot more financial freedom. Between college and cars and other stupid debts, we maxed ourselves financially to where we couldn't do investing by buying an extra house and renting it out because we would take on too much risk. If someone missed one payment, we would be screwed. We wouldn't be able to cover that. Now we are. So I want to talk about how I got to where I'm at now and what my plans are for the future because maybe you're in the exact same situation I am. Well, how do I invest now when I have nothing? The first thing you can do, regardless of what people say, invest in your own home, buy your own home. And there's this idea out there that a home is not an asset, it's a liability. Assets pay you, liabilities take money away from you. This is true. But here's the thing. Either I can rent a house for thirteen or $1,400, or I can put a mortgage on my house and pay $900. That is anywhere from a four to $500 a month savings by buying my own house, just, just in monthly cost. But then I get to build equity. So in my idea, it's really an investment. So I'd say, number one, buy your own house. But here's the thing. Each market is different. And right now, this advice that I'm about to give is a little bit harder in our market and just in general because there's not as many listings on market. So there's more there's more demand. There's more buyers on market than there are listings. So it's really difficult right now to accomplish what I'm about to say. But if you can, do it. We bought our first house, I think the first year that we were married. We bought it at $84,000. And some of you are like, wow, $84,000, that's great. It was a 1,000-square-foot home, three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, two-car garage. It's what we could afford. And I was very purposeful. This was even before I was in real estate. I'm looking at the city I live in. It's a very safe city. We live in a suburb of Tulsa, which is Broken Arrow. This year, it was ranked the 11th safest city in the nation. So we could have picked any suburb to live in, but I intentionally wanted to live in a safer area because property values would hold better. And also, it was just kind of the best bang for your buck when it came to how much square footage you'd get. So when you're looking for your house, you want to look at an area that will continue to appreciate in value, but might not be the hottest area in your market. And Broken Arrow was that area. The prices were good. It was a good area, but yet it wasn't as outpriced of the market compared to some of the other surrounding suburbs. So we chose to live in Broken Arrow. And then specifically where at in Broken Arrow did we choose? Okay, so I'm thinking to myself, our Main Street area at this time was really run down. It, it was not pleasant. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself as a young man, before I knew anything about investing, before I knew anything about real estate, I was just thinking to myself, you know, I know Broken Arrow is wanting to grow. They make, they're making plenty of announcements saying how we want to attract more businesses. We want to, you know, become a hotspot. We want to, so there's chatter about how they're going to grow. They want real estate prices to grow. They want to bring in shopping and, you know, and so all this talk of shopping, I was like, well, then if they want shopping, they're going to want to turn Main Street into something nicer. So we decided to buy a house near Main Street. And then within two years of living there, the city decided we're going to put a special emphasis on revitalizing downtown Broken Air, which was our Main Street. And so over a period of, I don't know, I mean, they're still doing it. It's called the Rose District now. 
but you now have homes that are being sold for $80,000 that are being torn down so they can build $500,000 homes wow. in in areas that are like, why would you put this house next to that house? Sure. It's because it's a very happening area. And so what we did is we bought an $84,000 house. Now, this isn't a home that someone would want to tear down and flip because it was off Main Street enough to where you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. But it was by a school that was a really good school. So I'm looking for these markers on where to buy. So good location, good school, and a revitalized area priced well. And when we got the house that we liked, we got a good deal on it. And then I had no money to pay someone to fix it up. So I YouTubed how to be a handyman. How do I put in tile flooring? How do I take out carpet, which was really easy? How how do I? Well, install... I can take out carpet. I can't do anything else. I can take out carpet. I can't do anything else. Right. I studied all these things to do on my own, and so I did. And over a period of six years that we owned the house, we put in granite. We put in new flooring. We did all these things. I put in flooring myself. I learned how to make the house look better. And then by the time six years later, Broken Arrow has been revitalized. It hit the peak of, or I shouldn't say Broken Arrow, the Rose District hit the peak of, it's like, hey, you know, we're here, we're big, we're ready to, to kick the real estate market up. I bought it for 84. I sold it for 115. And so that's a nice equity build. And we probably put 10 grand into it. So what we did on the next home is after selling that one for $115,000, we are looking for the same idea. Where can we buy a house that's bigger than what we're at? It is depreciated in value because maybe condition, but yet it's still moving ready and it's in a good area. Well, what's funny is at this time we had a, a newborn, our first son. We have three boys now. And my parents would watch our son every day because we couldn't even afford daycare. Okay. So my parents were watching our first son and there was a house two doors down from them that was a for sale by owner. Well, being the good agent that I am and I have confidence in myself, I trot on over, ring the doorbell and I want to list that home. So I just make my introduction, you know, they show me the house and then I'm thinking, man, I really like this house. It has everything in a home that we want. It's not out. It's not outrageous. It's, I mean, it's, it's a smaller version of everything I want. It has a dining area. In my first house, we didn't have a dining area. It's three bedrooms, two full bathrooms, an inside washer and dryer. Hey, and all right. I know. And then this area that I'm in, it was an addition, and it's what I use for my office. And so I'm just thinking to myself, this is actually everything we want. And then I was like, how much are you wanting to sell this? They said 125000 And I was like, oh, my gosh, this area is about 145 to 150. So it's 25 grand off, you know, normal value. Now it needed new flooring. There were other issues. And what they didn't tell me, and this is where you got to be smart in inspections, really listen to your inspector, okay? I thought I knew exactly what I was looking for and I found it, but our house would flood. We're not in a flood zone, but every time it would rain, it would flood because the ground level was higher than the addition that was built. So that cost me about four grand to get fixed. Still, had I known that moving into it, I would have just done it right away versus put new flooring and then it get 
a lot of water. Pay attention to your inspections. You know, I just, for whatever reason, I decided to believe the homeowner that it didn't flood because my emotions got the best of me. So that's a learning lesson. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. But everything's okay regarding the flooring and the water. We got it all fixed. But I did spend 10 to 12 hours a day for at least 11 times shop vacuuming that area to get water out during April of 2016. So that was a nightmare. So we bought this house for 125000 We put Let's say uh, I probably close to around 10 grand, 10, 12 grand into it. So now we're into this house for, let's say, oh, 137. It appraised for 145 in the bad condition. Today, I could sell this house for 180,000. Our equity in our house is significant because I found a good deal, I bought it right. And I was able to make adjustments to it so that it would be more valuable when I was done with it. And so that's how I plan on investing. So now my wife and I, we actually have capital moving forward. And it's the first time in our life that we're doing that. With everything that's crazy going on in the world, and especially with real estate right now, you know, we were wanting to jump into a rental market right this year. But because the way that things are going out with people not having to pay rents due to COVID. We're not going to do that. We might do a flip this year. I don't know yet. It just depends on on the value because right now the real estate market is priced high and interest rates are low. And so the biggest thing in real estate is timing and you make your money on the purchase of the home, not the sale of the home. So you have to buy it right in order to make money. And so now we have the money to do something, but now I'm like, well, things are a little high right now. I'm going to wait and see how things transpire. But overall, if you have no money, no investor to help you first make your first original investment in finding a good deal for yourself in an area that will appreciate that you can build up over time. Love it. So what I heard you say is, and I believe this as well wholeheartedly, is to invest in yourself first. And so before you invest into multifamily or whatever the case may be, Invest in your own home first. And so with that, is that what I hear you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for just taking everything I said and condensing it. I could I could have just said that. But yes, invest in yourself first. Invest in your family first. If you have a lot of money, I mean, you can be more risky. We had zero money to risk. And it is very unwise to risk money you don't have because you could hurt yourself and set you back a decade or more versus just being slow. Sometimes, so I had a broker that told me this once. You have to go slow to speed up. You have to go through the process slow and learn and be patient so that you can go fast. Because if you just go fast first, you're going to crash and burn. Yeah, that's a lesson that I might want to remind myself. Uh, Go slow before you go fast. So You already know 87% of all real estate agents fail in this business. And you also know it doesn't have to be that way. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income, I invite for you to get your free copy of Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. And you can do so when you visit www.the.com realestateevolution.com 
I'll share with you your book that I authored to show you the way. And it's free. You just have to pay for the shipping. Thanks. Evan, tell us a little bit. I'm curious a little bit more because your journey about getting that confidence really intrigued me. And I, I wanted to just learn a little bit more about that as well, if, if I may. So what are you doing in your real estate sales business today that's different than a few years ago, two, three, four, five years ago? That's a great question. I think a lot of it comes down to, I actually have a little bit more money today. So before I did a lot of door knocking, I did a lot of searches through the MLS and I would buy I'd buy like leads from Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. It is the biggest waste of money. Talk about the I Zillow, broke, right? Yeah. I yeah, broke yeah, okay. even. Every agent that I talk to breaks even. Not and everyone. Like, not everyone. Some actually lose money. <laughs> oh, yeah. For real. And here's the other thing too. Okay. Just, just a side note for you agents out there. Zillow wants to steal your job, okay? So stop giving them money. I, seriously, they're wanting to become brokerages. They're taking out your sales, your reviews, because they're building their own brokerage and they view you as the competition. They already get free access from the MLS. They already get free information because of the realtor associations and everything. It just don't, don't, don't right, give so Zillow your money. So that's what not to do. That's what what's not to do. And what so should I do? What should you do is you should find listing leads through there's like espresso agent. That's who I use. There's golly, I used to have a whole bunch of them because I used a whole bunch of them at one point, but now I just use espresso agent. Land voice, they're a lead system. But what I did before, because I couldn't afford an auto dialer, I would just buy the leads and then I'd hand dial and I'd keep okay. track of my numbers. Well, now I have a little bit more money. So now I'm paying for auto dialing to where I just click and it'll ring. How often do you do that? So on average, I'll do it two to three times a week, about two hours. What are your results? It's about 25% of my business. Okay. And so it benefits me very well. I got to be honest, I've really slacked these past three months that just more due to having a baby, holidays. I had a tonsillectomy. So I didn't make phone calls but I am currently doing it now cool. after my tonsillectomy and after the holidays. Let me ask you a question. You haven't yeah. done the phone calls. Are you seeing the results of not doing the phone calls today? Yes and no. And here's where I'm going with this. Over the last four years, my main sources of business have been listings. Right now, I have zero listings. And, so, and I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses. I've, I studied for my brokerage test starting halfway through October. And I had to renew my license by the end of November. So instead of going through the normal 21 credit hours, I was like, forget this. Let's go for the brokers. And so I studied the 90 hours on top of we just had a baby, holidays. And again, I had a tonsillectomy. And so- Congratulations to the baby. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, he's awesome. So that was good. So I took some time off with that as well. But here's something that I want you to pay attention to as well. I had other sources other than phone calling where I was getting business. And because I had other sources, I was able to say, you know what? This one source, I'm not going to put time and energy on right now because I have so much other stuff going on in my life that I don't want to burn myself out. Meanwhile, I was also still podcasting. I actually had to take a break from podcasting. That's something I love doing. 
So if you knew I stopped podcasting, I was serious about needing to manage my time for those three months, October, November, December, so that I could get my brokerage test, spend time with my family, do the holidays, have the tonsillectomy. And because life was so busy, I actually had to postpone multiple times taking the brokerage test because I wasn't, even though I passed the practice tests and the exam, I still did not feel comfortable enough taking the test. And so one, when I felt comfortable, I finally pulled the trigger and did it and passed right away, which was awesome because apparently only, let's see, 4% pass the test the first time they take it. And I was wow. one of the four. So that was cool. Good for you. So now that all that is out and I'm able to reshift my time, energy, and focus, now I've picked that back up and I'm now making phone calls. So the other areas that I get it is I've also become a partner agent with Redfin. I'm not a, I'm not an exclusive agent but I am a partner agent. And so what happens, instead of me paying Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, Redfin sends me free leads. And out of that, if I convert something to business, then I pay them a really nice referral fee. <laughs> Which nice for you or nice for them? Nice for them. Got it. But still, I mean, it's a 30% referral fee. So I get to keep the other 70, right? Yeah, 70%. Yeah. And so, and here's another thing too, for you agents out there. I, I love Keller Williams. If you're new to real estate, Keller Williams is a great company. They're a very educational company. At six years, I decided to leave Keller for one reason and one reason only, because I found a brokerage that gave me a flat fee. So every transaction I do, it's like 600 bucks per transaction. And at that point in time, when I made that shift in my life, I had a crossroads because I was making money in real estate, but between paying my company, paying taxes, paying my business expenses, I didn't have very much left over, but then I still had all the loans from school, from cars, from a storm shelter that I had to pay. And so it's just like I was paying everyone but myself. And so what happened is I made a switch to a small company that I got to keep about 30% of what I made. And so that basically gave me a 30% raise. Well, then now I took that money. I got myself out of debt. And so now I even have more money because now I don't have that monthly debt. And so now I'm, I have more cash than I've ever had, not only sitting in the bank account, but also on a monthly basis that comes in because I don't have to go spend it to take care of my debts. So get out of debt. And then that will really help you in your real estate career. If you're struggling, look at how much debt you owe. And then also look at the time and what you're doing to gain business. Love it. Evan, one last thing. If you were a new agent today, what would you do? Well, I would have bought Bitcoin 10 years ago. Hey, all right. But no, what I would do today is I would look at what old door knocking looks like, which was actually door knocking. And it's completely different today, especially now during COVID. Facebook is a great place to door knock. There's this thing called Instant Messenger on the side that shows you people who are on. You can just go start conversations with them and grow relationships. I think that's the biggest thing. Grow relationships. and then. Here's another thing I wish I would have paid attention to 
a little bit more. We all have that internal voice that tells us, hey, go talk to someone or hey, bring this up. I can't tell you how many times I've ignored that voice and then realized they just did real estate business the next week. Like they just went and got a real estate agent. I'm like, I knew I should have asked them. If you get that gut instinct, there's someone probably telling you that they're about to do real estate. So, and then also I would build a social media brand for yourself. I'm going through the whole person podcast. You're doing it through Facebook with a consistent, predictable income community, you know, build a brand around yourself and not just talking about real estate, but incorporating other aspects of life so that people look to you as an influencer and people look to you as Oh, what would be a good word to describe it? An authority figure. And so the more authority that you look, that you have, that you project, people latch onto that. And so that has really helped my business as well. Love it. Evan, thank you so much today for sharing your insight and your wisdom. And I just want to thank you. And if I was a consumer, a home buyer, a home seller, or a real estate agent, or somebody that wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Perfect. My phone number is 918 six two five seven zero seven three and you feel free to type that out there nine one eight six two five seven zero seven three my email is evan at evanherman.com two r's h e r r m a n Facebook, YouTube, I'm all out there. Google the man. Google and I'll show up. You can Google me and I'll show up. Evan, thank you again. God bless you. Hey you two take care. Hate the feeling of missing out and not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of The Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, the Consistent and Predictable Income Community. Apply for a membership at the Consistent and Predictable Income Community on Facebook and visit us at thecpicommunity.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews. What's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here. I'm really excited to be interviewing Sir Dan Rochon. Dan is a top team leader in the D.C. area with Keller Williams. Dan is fantastic. He's a go-giver. He helps other real estate agents level up their business, level up their life. Dan's a very successful realtor as well as author. He just came out with a book for real estate agents to kind of help people pivot. We went through and talked about how to succeed in adversity, some of his big traits out there. are still listening, it is because you align with the CPI community. That means that you love to learn. You are ambitious, qualified, smart, and professional. Mostly, you understand that you're in charge to design your life. If you do not want to wait until next week's show is posted, I invite you right now to visit www.thecpicommunity.com, which is the official website of the CPI community. There, You'll have access to eavesdrop on past conversations I've had with the top salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The content is free and there's no opt-in. If you really want to hit the ground running, I encourage you to apply on the homepage of thecpicommunity.com to become CPI certified. It is a compensated service and those that have become certified have reported back that they have more than tripled their business sales and done so in 20% less time. The CPI certification is a part of the CPI curriculum, which is the blueprint where you will learn the proprietary process of CPI, 
which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Lastly, I invite for you to share this podcast with others who are competitive, love to learn, assertive, relationship-based, self-starters, just like you, so they can also benefit. And please leave us a rating or a review and subscribe now so that you'll be notified of the next show. Thank you again. I'll see you on the next show to your success. If you're a real estate agent and you're located outside of the Washington, D.C. area and you have a client that wants to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland area, consider to refer to me. I promise that when you do so, we'll treat them like gold, update you throughout the process, and most importantly, we'll make you look good. And we'll pay you a nice referral fee. If you're a real estate agent in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, or Washington, D.C. area, and you're seeking certainty and predictability in your business, contact me now. I'd love to be able to set up a conversation to show you how we can help you to close transactions every single month of the year. Just imagine January, February, March, April, May, every month of the year that you have income coming into your pocket to help you and your family. Hit me up on social media or email me, dan at greetingsvirginia.com. Love to set up a time to chat.